Hello guys and welcome back to the third episode of the Coast Apart podcast. My name's Dan, I'm joined with Nathan as always. And um, first off, before we talk about anything, I would really like to appreciate and thank you guys for uh, all of the good feedback that we've had from the last two episodes, all of the people who've consistently listened and just the amount of people that have listened. It's been really, really enjoyable making it for you. And um, we hope that you listen to more in the future and follow us with this series, however long it may go on. Um, Nathan's going to give you a little bit of a rundown of what we're going to be talking about today. Right, so what we're going to talk about today is similar to sort of last episode, we talked about new developments coming in the next year. Um, since then, there's been a couple others. So we're going to start off with Alton Towers and the new developments for CBB's land. And then we're going to go a bit further out. And we're going to talk about the Disney parks and new stuff they've announced and started working on. And very briefly touch on Drayton Manor as there's not much information about that one yet, but we will we will touch on it briefly. Yeah, so we've got loads in store for you today, guys. Loads of stuff to listen to, and hopefully you uh you'll stick around and learn about all this new stuff that we've found out about in the last couple of weeks. So without further ado, I'm going to throw a little interlude in there, and we'll get straight into it. First up is Alton Towers and their new additions for 2022. Okay, so we're going to start with Alton Towers and the new developments they're bringing in for CBeebies Land next year. Now, if anyone's been to Alton Towers recently, you will have noticed that a section of CBeebies Land is closed and like fences have gone up and there's a lot of work going on behind them. And they finally announced what's going on. They are bringing in some new attractions. They are Hey Dougie's Big Adventure Badge, Andy's Adventure Dinosaur Dig and Jojo and Grand Grant at Home. There's not loads of information, but you can look at this on their website. It just briefly explains what they are. So, Hey Dougie's Big Adventure Badge is a... It's sort of like a, a play area, sort of like Tree Free Tom that was already there, um, where you can meet Hey Dougie, obviously, like, I'm assuming it's a character from CBeebies. Don't really watch CBeebies. And then you collect a Big Adventure Badge. So, as with much of CBeebies land, it's like a really interactive... Or, well, I can assume it's a really interactive um, experience sort of thing. Obviously, definitely appealing to younger kids, like it would. Uh, Andy's Adventures Dinosaur Dig. This one, it says, is a live interactive show, obviously themed around dinosaurs and like prehistoric history and all that sort of stuff. Uh, you get all the visuals and all the sounds and stuff. And it says, see what you can dig and discover. So there's quite a heavy interactive element in that one by the looks of it. Uh, Jojo and Grand Grand at Home. Again, I'm assuming they're CBeebies characters. And... We were talking about this just before. We reckon it's going to be sort of like a tour of Grand Grand's house. I think you said it was similar to... Yeah, it was uh, similar to... I imagine it will be in the same building that uh, housed originally Charlie and Lola. Um, because when CBeebies Land first opened in 2014, um, Charlie and Lola was one of the opening day attractions. And as far as I can remember, it was kind of like a tour around a house with rooms and little like slides and ladders for kids to go up into... And um, with Charlie and Lola being quite, an, I imagine, quite an outdated TV show by now, I think it's kind of just a freshen up and something new that the kids nowadays would be interested in on CBeebies. Um, in terms of the dinosaur dig, I've had a look at that and I can imagine it's going to be sort of a mixture between uh, sort of the like sand pits in which you can dig up like sort of bones at the bottom of the pit um also mixed with kind of like an interactive show where they probably teach the kids about dinosaurs and things like that so it brings in education and fun at the same time and then with hey dougie i think once again it's kind of freshening up the play area and making sure everything is kind of up to date in terms of what kids are watching nowadays we did mention in the last episode what we thought would go in those places uh do you remember what we said i remember i think you said like a flat ride yeah. of some sorts like I think you mentioned, similar to a small disco. Yeah, similar yeah. to like well, like Cobra's quite a big one at Chessington. It, isn't that like the worst like sort of prediction ever? It was a pretty yeah. It was quite a far <laughs> off guess. I've I've got to be honest. But obviously at that time we had literally nothing. There was there was 
just you, all you could do was guess. Or literally, all you could do was guess. Yeah. But obviously, now they've announced this, and like I said, it is on their website, new for twenty twenty two, and there isn't much information. That's that's pretty much all we've got to go on. Yeah. I'd imagine over the next few weeks they'll they'll uh, update it. I don't know. I I, I don't think personally. I I don't think that they'll need to, um, because at the end of the day when it comes to this sort of thing like children's areas and things that are like ip to like kids tv shows they don't really need to say what the type of ride it is they just need to say what the theme of the ride is because the kid when the kids are sort of like looking into going to these theme parks they're probably thinking i can't wait to go on hey dougie or whatever rather yeah. than saying i can't wait to go on this play area they just see a character that they know and they're sort of like instantly intrigued yeah so it might it might just be a case of that's all of the info we're going to get um and you know in march when the park opens we we will be able to see what exactly what these rides or attractions are um as far as it looks though it doesn't look like there's any sort of ride hardware does it it looks mainly like exhibitions yeah more more like interactive stuff which is good like interactive stuff especially for especially for kids is really good you don't want you don't want to just stick them on a ride i like they'll they'll enjoy it but i think with it being interactive they'll they'll enjoy it just that bit more absolutely yeah i agree with that and another thing that came along with that is um, they're re-theming some rooms at the Seabeebus Land Hotel. Bin rooms, again, Seabeebus character, I'm, I'm assuming. So that will come in with the new season as well. Yeah. So I I, um, I have a younger sister and Bing was uh, sort of just coming onto TV around the time that she was a kid. So I do know what Bing is. I think it's like a rabbit. Um, and um, yeah, it's basically him and his friends. I think it's actually really popular on CBBS at the moment. So the fact that they're bringing in these Bing rooms is really good because obviously that brings in a lot more people uh, with it being such a successful TV show. But yeah, enough talking about children's television. Uh, we will go on to the next segment shortly where we are going to be talking about the mysterious and uh, quite frankly exciting trailers and teasers coming from Tamworth in the West Midlands. Right, so the next thing we're going to talk about, as Dan mentioned, comes from Drayton Manor. Now, just under a couple of weeks ago, they released a very short, like, eight-second video on their Facebook account. We, well, it's kind of obvious they're announcing something new for 2022. If you've seen it, there really isn't much to go on. So, what me and Dan were just talking about, Dan reckons from the V hitting the ground, and the ground shattering, it could mean... You said a prehistoric sort of theme. Yeah. So my first, my first sort of um, opinion of it was that the 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 sort of broken ground uh, and the sort of embers going across to me look a little bit like a Poulton's Park kind of di- dinosaur sort of thing, um, which would fit well for a park like Drayton Manor. It's already got that dinosaur walk, and I thought maybe it could be something to do with dinosaurs. Just just a very common sort of thing seeing ground breaking on a dry sort of canvas like for dinosaurs however shortly after it's it does that it shows some viking style kind of silvery runes uh or ancient numbers that look to me like it says 2022 which is exciting because 2022 is a matter of days away um so yeah really excited for it but then i also got to thinking potentially if the the ride's themed to vikings or an ancient civilization or something like that the v could mean one of two things it could mean v is the first letter of the coaster or the ride i don't want to instantly assume it's a coaster but i'm hoping or it could mean v is in the roman numeral for five meaning something like five inversions which i i don't know i'm not 100 percent certain but that would be amazing what do you think i I agree with you on some of them. Like, it literally could be anything. It is purely an eight-second video. It's like it's similar to what we mentioned, like in the last episodes. A lot of it is just speculation. The same with like the coasters we were talking about um, in episode two. A lot of it is just rumors. People getting their hopes up for something. Yeah. People thinking about what they really want. I'd like to see a coaster. Like I know we've only been to Dreadnought Manor once. It was literally your first ever sort of like theme park trip. It was. Yeah, it was actually. Yeah. Um, so I don't know too much about the park or what to expect from it. But I'd like to see a new coaster. Just I mean, want to see a new coaster anywhere, not just because of Drayton Manor. But um, I think the, the five inversions idea, I think 
I don't think it can relate to that. I feel like that's a very specific thing. Yeah. Bear in mind, this is the first announcement of it. It's it's a and very also, specific thing. And also, five inversions isn't in today's day and age. Isn't it's really not really anything, anything to brag about. Yeah, it's not really anything special. So I don't I don't think it's inversions. But saying that, what could it mean? Like I I really don't know what it could mean. Yeah, like, I, think, I, I think I think the first letter of the ride is obviously. I th- yeah, I think that's probably the best bet. And I think what you said about the groundbreaking and the sort of desert that's that has to be a theme. Yeah, that has to be the theme of the ride. I don't, I don't think it's just something they decided to choose. So I reckon that's definitely going to be a theme. The exciting thing for Drayton Manor really um, is that they nearly went into uh, administration a couple of years ago, and they nearly went out of business. And they were bought by a European theme park group. I believe it's the Looping Group, but I might be wrong. Um, but yeah, I think it's the Looping Group. And what they did is they basically, it's a, it's a combination of lots of little to medium-sized theme parks in Europe. And they truly care about these parks. So with Drayton Manor being bought by someone like that, you'd think, oh, they're going to invest. They're going to do something new. Something to bear in mind is oh, Drayton Manor's latest coaster came in 2011 and that was a Vacoma Junior Boomerang. Um, their their big coaster before that was 2004 with G-Force, and that was quite a cheap kind of uh, ride, I believe. I think it was a bit of a sort of, like a deal or, uh, you know, it wasn't a very new ride, so it might have been a prototype. Their only big giant coaster announcement in ever has been 1994 with Shockwave. And I feel like with this new company moving in and, and kind of, doing something new to the park a new big coaster is definitely what the park needs and it's definitely got space and another thing to keep in mind as well is that they haven't started with this new ride they've done so much to the park already they've made adventure cove they reopened the rapids they've given like a whole new breath of life to that side of the park so who's to say that this isn't going to be a really really big project i'm i I don't know maybe i'm just speculating no i reckon i reckon you're right i think a really big project is something that they've realised that they need. Yeah. And I I'll be honest, I am expecting I'm expecting a coaster. Yeah. And that's what I'm expecting. The only the only thing that's making me think that we won't be getting a coaster is the fact that it's not a twenty twenty three opening. Yeah, it is quite They would have to construct that coaster fast. It is quite soon. But then again, you don't know how long it's been in the works, this new attraction. I mean they've only just announced it, but you don't know how long it's been in the works. Obviously no construction would have started because that had just been too obvious, but they may have already gone through planning permission. They, they may already have that. That's true. I mean, it could be at the stage ready to... ready to. They, yeah, you know. they could start constructing it any second. That's because it. we just don't know how much is going on sort of like behind the scenes. Yeah. And that and that is something that, you know, we, we can definitely look forward to. Um, in terms of the, um, in terms of the like, sort of, like you said, the planning permission and all of the different stages that come into place when making a new coaster... Um, not all of it's made public exactly and the, the this this last stage the construction phase the the bit that you know gets every, everyone excited that could already be beginning now the park's been shut for a couple of months it could we we it, the coaster could be halfway up already so i'm not saying that there is going to be a coaster but i am saying keep a positive mindset because it could happen yeah it could go either way it really <laughs> could go either way but this I is think... when this is when we get like a Zamperla family gravity. <laughs> it's just just like something really really bad. Just like an octonauts, for, like, just an octonauts kind of like clone coaster. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. you never know. We'll, we'll just have to. We'll keep you updated. We'll see what see what else they announce. And, and uh, yeah, like like Nathan said, we'll keep you updated on all of the updates that come from Drayton Manor in the coming months. Uh, we will give to you guys because we're going to be filming these a lot more. So yeah, that's enough on uh, the Tamworth based. Drayton Manor, uh, we will now be talking about something a little bit further afield and something that we haven't spoken too much about on Coaster Pals so far. We're going to be going worldwide. Okay, so as we mentioned in the intro, uh, our next segment is going to be about parks away from the UK because we've talked about the UK in all of our episodes and all of their parks and developments so we're going to try to spread it out a bit we're going to look at Disney parks and we're going to start with Epcot at Walt Disney World in Florida and their new ride Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind it's going to be manufactured by Vacoma and it's going to be a spinning coaster and I believe we've talked a lot about spinning coasters and our joy for them obviously when we did Aunt House Christmas we spent the majority of the time on Spinball we do love a good spinning coaster and I mean, I think we both like to do Cosmic Rewind at some point, but it, it's not 
near future, is it? It'll be a while. Yeah, Florida, America is kind of quite far out of sight at the minute, unfortunately. But um, yeah, one day, considering it's not even open yet, I'm sure it'll be open for a good, you know, good few years. Oh yeah. One day I want to get out there because we're massive fans of the MCU. So anything to do with that, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers, Iron Man, Spider-Man, we love it. We're absolutely obsessed with it. So yeah, we would definitely like to get out there. At some point we will definitely be there. Yeah, so this coaster uh, actually is enclosed, which is really, really exciting because there's going to be loads of special effects, lights, music, loads of stuff that you can sort of enjoy and see whilst you're on the course of the coaster. Uh, it's actually in the park section, which will soon be known as Wonders of Xandar, which is a planet in the Guardians of the Galaxy sort of universe, which is really cool. And, uh, yeah, it, it replaced, it's meant to be replacing the Energy Pavilion, uh, which closed in 2017, along with Ellen's Energy Adventure, which was obviously hosted by Ellen DeGeneres. Um, we don't know a massive amount about the ride. We know that it's going to be 5,577 feet in length, which if you compare it to Spinball Wizard, which I believe is sort of about 3,000, um, it's going to be, you know, quite a, quite a lengthy coaster. And obviously with all of the... Uh, with all of the effects and the storytelling involved with Disney rides, it should long that out and make it a lot more interesting and enjoyable. So, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the ride was actually introduced at D23, which was the 2017 exposition for Disney Parks. And uh, that was obviously announced with the closure of the Energy Pavilion as well. And the construction, funnily enough, for the ride was began in late 2017, which is, when you think about it, crazy. I mean, that's, that's a very long time. Yeah. Five years ago. Um, five years on opening time, obviously. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's a very long time. Really long time. But yeah, um, it would be, it's apparently going to be one of the world's longest enclosed coasters. Um, and it will be open during the, the 50th anniversary of the uh, Walt Disney World Resort, which is obviously a really, really exciting way of celebrating the film and also the, the resort. So as well as that, at Walt Disney World, they are going to be releasing another new coaster, but this time in Magic Kingdom, called Tron Light Cycle Power Run, which is a, I believe it's going to be a clone of the uh, version over in Shanghai. And um, I've shown Nathan some of the footage from this. It is an absolutely insane coaster. Um, Vi visually. Visually, it's Visually, amazing. it's just stunning. It's like the most perfect uh, way of lighting a coaster and making it sort of very neon and sort of bright and in your face which is amazing um it opened back in 2016 in uh shanghai so quite a quite a long time ago now especially when it opens that'll be five years as well five years six years six years since it opened uh the original one so that's obviously a long time to make some tweaks and make sure that it's perfect once again as imagined it is manufactured by vacoma if you guys didn't know vacoma have a uh I can imagine it's probably like some sort of clause in the contract that they're like all of their coasters are manufactured by Vacoma. You've got Expedition Everest, Vacoma, um, Barnstormer, the junior coaster, Vacoma, Big Thunder Mountain, Vacoma. Um, you know, the space, I believe the Space Mountain actually isn't Vacoma, but in Disneyland Paris, there's version of Space Mountain's Vacoma. So there's loads of Vacoma parks, uh, Vacoma rides across the Disney parks. Um, what we do know about this coaster is it's an LIM launch, which is, uh, well, it's linear induction motor, to be technical, but it's basically magnetic launch. Um, it will be 78 feet tall, which means, you know, it's, it's, not a, it's not a short or small coaster. 78 feet, you're probably looking at a similar height to something like <clears throat> Rita or Oblivion. Um, so definitely not small. And it's just under 60 miles an hour, which, again, Rita. Pretty similar. Um, something to keep in mind with this coaster, though, it's actually uh, not a sit, well, not a traditional sit-down coaster. No. It's also... Um, motorbike. A motorbike coaster, well, Obviously yeah. being based on Tron, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, really, really cool. Um, a really cool motorbike uh, coaster with loads of special effects that we think will be a really good addition to Magic Kingdom. Uh, at the end of the day, that is... I I could tell you all my thoughts, but I've not been on the one in Shanghai, and I haven't 
seen Guardians of the Galaxy yet, so I'm just giving you guys the information that we know, and uh, we can all look forward to it together. Yeah, uh, this one's a semi-enclosed coaster as well, so obviously some indoors, some outdoors. I think the main indoor sections are the launch, obviously the station, obviously, and then you've got like a sort of, it's sort of like a dome that's sort of missing pieces when you're sort of indoor, sort of outdoor sort of thing. I think that's quite a cool element. Like It looks very modern. Yeah, modern is probably the best way to describe it. And what I like about it is obviously being in Tomorrowland. Um, Tomorrowland is uh, is basically an area of the park that's themed to the future. And the thing is with the future, it, it's... it's what I, There's a saying that Disney say, it's something like, the tomorrow will always come. Um, so you know, new rides need to be look modern and really up to date because they need to be up with the times and they need to represent the future in whichever year they were released in. So yeah, Tron Light Cycle Power Run looks absolutely fantastic and that's another thing to look forward to in 2022 at the Walt Disney World Resort. Crossing over the Atlantic now, we are going to look at the amazing new announcements from Disneyland Paris in France. Um, first off, we're going to look at Walt Disney Studios, which is the second uh, gate at Disneyland Paris, opening in the very early 2000s. This park is themed to movie studios and backlots. However, they have released some new news about some areas coming with specific IPs, including Avengers, Frozen, Star Wars, and there's also another one. But I can't remember what it is. <laughs> um, but we're not talking about any of those today except from Avengers and the Avengers Campus opening in the same area where um, Rock and Roller Coaster was and um, uh, Armageddon. Now, this is really exciting because they are retheming Rock and Roller Coaster to Iron Man, the first uh, hero in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Obviously, Iron Man, released in 2008, is a fantastic film. It's like one of those films that like everyone loves. Um, I don't know anyone that doesn't love Iron Man, even if they're a MCU comic geek or not. Everyone loves Iron Man. And um, yeah, I think it's a really good choice to retheme Rock and Roller Coaster. With it being um, sort of partnered with Aerosmith, which is quite an outdated band, I think it did need a bit of a freshen up. And... Um, yeah, Rock and Roller Coaster was a fantastic ride. Um, I went on it in 2009 um, and it was a, absolutely dead. Me and my dad went on it countless times that day. We just went re-ride, re re-ride, re-ride. And it actually established as one of my favourite coasters out there. And now the fact that they're mixing it with this Iron Man theme um, is going to be really, really exciting. You've got um, two names in the works, Iron Man Adventure or Iron Man Jukebox. Um, what I do think would work, although it was an Aerosmith ride, is Iron Man is commonly associated with ACDC. There's a lot of ACDC tracks yeah, in the Iron true, Man yeah. films. So if it's Iron Man Jukebox, maybe they're going to be playing some ACDC tracks in the onboard audio like they did with the Aerosmith songs. So there's so many different exciting things that we can talk about with this coaster. There is, yeah. And um, also there's a lot of construction photos that are available to look at. And in one, there's... Um a support structure that they're building for screens. So and it's not been announced what they're going to be used for, but a lot of speculation from people like from the public are saying it could be to allow Iron Man to fly alongside the trains, which would be a really cool, yeah, would, a really cool feature. Um, other than that, there's, there's really not much else to go on. That's the problem with like trying to talk about new coasters. There's really, until you get really close to opening, there's not a huge amount but available. One thing we do know is obviously it's a Vacoma launched coaster because it's been at the park since 2002. So it's a really, you know, it's a really um, old ride or not old, but it's a really sort of... It's, it's like run its course well known, what it can be. Well known, but sort of getting on ride. So we know exactly what the ride type is. We know how many inversions there are. There's three. Um, there's a sea serpent roll and a corkscrew. Um, and yeah, I mean... You've probably all been on it. If you're from, if you're listeners from the UK, which the majority of our audience is, a lot of people have been to Disneyland Paris, and yeah, you probably have done Rock and Roller Coaster. But Iron Man Adventure or Iron Man Jukebox, whatever we're gonna call it, it's a really exciting addition to the Disneyland Paris parks, and we're really looking forward to it.
Okay, so what we thought we'd talk about now is we've compiled a sort of like a bucket list of like top 10 coasters that we want to do all around the world. Because I like sort of news segments, they weren't as long as we were hoping. But then again, we can't really talk too much because there's not enough information. So over the past few few days, few weeks, we've been sort of bringing this list together. And we're going to go through the coasters that we've got on it and why we want to do them and just sort of general information. So I'll start off with uh, my number 10. It's a bit of a random one, as Dan pointed out to me. It's Thunderbird, which is a holiday world in Indiana. The The only reason I want to do this coaster is because it's a launched wing coaster, and I just really want to do one. I don't know why, but I love Swarm, obviously, the only wing coaster we've got in the in the UK. It's actually my it's like my first major coaster, wasn't it? Yeah. Also a BNM one, as is Thunderbird. And I was like, this is a really good ride. And then I came across Thunderbird, and I was like, this one has a launch it will probably be better so i'm like yeah i want to do it um it's been it's been open since 2015 so it's not exactly like a relatively new one but it's, i've watched the povs i've read a bit about it and i'm like it's just something that i really want to do and there's really nothing more to it than that i think thunderbird although it is a bit of a sort of rogue choice in your top 10 i think thunderbird's one of those coasters i mean it looks fantastic the orange track like the blue and yellow trains it looks really, really good. And also, something that I've noticed with it is it has, like, some really good near-miss elements. It goes through, like, a um, like a wooden shed, um, yes, and, yeah. which looks amazing. So, yeah, I mean, Thunderbird, yeah, it's not in my top ten, but I would love to get out there and do it as well. So maybe, uh, maybe one day. Maybe one day, yeah. Uh, my number ten is just down in America from Indiana uh, in uh, Silver Dollar City in Missouri. And um, it's Time Traveller, which was the first uh, spinning Mac coaster, fully spinning Mac coaster, um, or should I say fully spinning extreme Mac coaster. Uh, obviously, you had the likes of uh, Euromir at Europa Park that were sort of more of a family spinning coaster that was in like the late 90s. This is like a different breed. This is like what Enzo is based on like this was the first ever fully spinning mac extreme coaster it's basically a mac mega coaster with spinning cars on it and it is amazing I i've seen so many videos of time traveler and it's basically set in like a valley and you drop you go into a vertical drop out of the station which whilst you're spinning sounds mental like a vertical out of station drop while spinning it just looks absolutely fantastic um the obviously time traveler it's themed to like a steampunk kind of time traveling victoriana kind of thing and um i love that kind of theme as well so the theme the drop out of the station the um the valley and basically just the, the whole concept of a spinning mac mega coaster is just really exciting to me and it's something that i definitely want to go out and do um, not to mention also that Silver Dollar City is also home to some other coasters, which look absolutely fantastic. They've got one of the first ever um, RMC sort of wooden hybrid kind of coasters um, in Outlaw Run, which is, you know, a wooden coaster with inversions. That looks amazing. Um, they've got Powder Keg, which is like a really cool kind of LIM launch coaster. There's so many things at Silver Dollar City that I'd love to go out and see, but Time Traveller is definitely my number one from that park, and it comes in at number 10 on my bucket list. Good choice. Moving up to number nine, for me, it is Black Mamba at Fantasialand, Fantasialand, however you want to say it, in Germany. Now, this is a park that I really want to go to. Like, if we did a bucket list of parks, this would probably be very high up, if not number one spot, because if, I'm sure a lot of you have seen it or seen pictures of it, maybe even been there the heavy theming that's there and it's not the first coaster that's going to come on this list um it's a b&m inverted coaster which i've done a couple of obviously nemesis which is a top 10 coaster for me all oh, towers and nemesis inferno which i loved but i'll be honest i don't think it's all that dan might disagree with me a lot of you might disagree but i don't think it's all that i think it's a good coaster but it's not as good as nemesis and the reason for that is because of the near misses yeah which black member has exactly a yeah. lot of yeah um and again, I've seen POVs, I've read about it. Um, and one, this is a really weird specific thing to point out, is when you're going up the lift hill, it's sort of encased in like a, a sort of a tunnel sort of structure thing. And it's really small sort of features like that. And I mentioned a few of them in my other coasters on this list. It's just really small features like that that just sort of like seal the deal for me. Yeah. It doesn't have to be some crazy inversions or some really fast launch. 
which are good, obviously. Yeah. But just tiny little details like that, they just sort of give it that extra push. And I'm not, I'm not going to say it's just purely because of that it's on my list. It's mainly because it's at Fantasyland, and I just really want to go to that park. And well, as I said, there's a couple other coasters in my list. Yeah. And I'll, I'll get to those. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Black Mamba is meant to be one of the best inverts out there. Some of the craziest near misses, some of the most intense elements, and also the incredible theming. Uh, like Nathan mentioned, is themed to Africa, um, and obviously, it winds in and around the one of the on-site hotels in Hotel Matamba. So there's so many sort of opportunities to take photos, which you can find at @coastapel on Instagram. Uh, if we ever did go over to Fantasia Land, I'm sure we'd get a million photos of Black Mamba. Absolutely, yeah. But uh, my number nine spot is actually a B&M Giga Coaster, or they call it a Hyper, but yeah, it's over 300 foot in Carolina, in America, uh, at Carowinds. Uh, and that's Fury 325. It's the tallest uh, coaster with a chain lift hill. It is uh, apparently an airtime machine, but it's also very intense. There's nothing better than having a ridiculous positive G push and then seconds later being in negatives and just be having ridiculous amount of airtime. I love that. And um, yeah, it just looks like an absolute monster. There's some really good tunnels in there with lighting um the actual entrance to the ride looks absolutely fantastic it's uh it's huge and it's just something that i've always wanted to do ever since it was released um and luckily i actually have some family over in carolina so if i were ever to visit them i would definitely get my first ride on fury 325 again a really good choice and that one does also come up on my list you'll probably notice in this segment we had a lot of similar ones yeah not in the same place they sort of jumbled around a bit but we did agree on a lot of this um number eight for me is gatekeeper another b&m coaster there's a bit of theme going i think b&m's probably my favorite manufacturer i just love their coasters and the look of them with that block under the track i think just aesthetically for me it is one of my one of my favorites um so gatekeepers over in ohio uh cedar point yeah which is obviously a park that we really want to go to it's like the motherland of exactly roller coasters. yeah uh, opened in 2013 it um it set a lot of records or broke a lot of records um, they're like not like huge records. They're sort of a bit, bit dodgy. And as a wind coaster, these records are um, the longest and fastest, the longest drop, contain the most inversions. Some of these probably aren't. I don't pro- know. Probably I aren't think, up to date. I think Gatekeeper probably is the biggest. Well, it may it may well be. Um, and it set a new record for having the highest inversion of any coaster in the world, which obviously is not true anymore. Yeah, I think it was broken in twenty nineteen steel curtain yeah but um as i mentioned with thunderbird i we've only done one wind coaster and i really i've really loved it so i want to do more wind coasters uh bnm obviously and it, like the colors of the track like the blue track the yeah. white supports like it sounds weird but having a coaster that's like aesthetically pleasing is a big deal for me white and blue it on really coasters is. is a is a big winner i think a lot of such people a love good white combination yeah uh yeah obviously shambhala at port aventura has a white and blue track that's known to be very very good uh you've got gatekeeper you've got um leviathan so yeah loads of cool coasters with that color scheme it, yeah and it really works as well so that one just sort of shouts itself out to me yeah and um like you said gatekeepers looks amazing i like to just give my little bit of commentary on after nathan's picks but genuinely gatekeepers insane do you know do you know why it's called gatekeeper I do not. The reason it's called Gatekeeper is because the elements in which it goes through the zero G rolls uh, with the big sort of white structures that it does the near miss elements through, uh, that is the entrance of the park, i.e. the mm. gate. And um, yeah, which which is something so creative and cool. And uh, yeah, there's, there's nothing like a, um, a park entrance with a coaster just swooping over the entrance of the park, which I think is such a great idea. Uh, my number eight spot, it's not necessarily the biggest coaster. It's not necessarily the fastest or has the most inversions, but it is my first RMC in my list. And it's the RMC single rail slash Velociraptor coaster known as Railblazer or Wonder Woman Golden Lasso coaster at California's Great America and Six Flags Fiesta, Texas. The reason why I got, want to go on this coaster, there is genuinely three words to describe it twisted airtime hill 
when you come off of that coaster and you come off the lift hill and you go down the pre-drop and then you drop vertically, go into the uh, dive loop, you then come into the twisted airtime hill. If you've ever seen videos of this, I am surprised that the upstop wheels on this coaster do not get ripped off of the track. It is ridiculous. The airtime looks demonic. It looks like the, the designer of this coaster has basically just laughed at you. It looks insane. And the, one of the craziest things about it is that you're all sat in rows of one. So you feel very on your own. You're not sat next to your friend. You're just on your own in this thin car on this single rail track getting absolutely flung at a ridiculous speed over a pretty short but steep airtime hill that, that just looks like it throws you, about, throws you about and all the blood will rush to your head. And to me, that is, a, that is an element in a ride which I do not want to miss. No, I completely agree with you there. Completely agree. Uh, moving on to our number seven then. Uh, Dan's already had this one. For me, number seven is Fury 325, the B&M Coaster. Now, I've always, ever since sort of getting involved in like coasters and stuff, always wanted to do a B&M Hyper. And when I was getting involved, I was like doing a lot of research, looking at coasters, looking at models, looking at makes. And I came across 325 and I was like, this thing is huge. It's massive. Obviously, it's like one of the tallest in the world at 325 foot tall. And I remember watching the POVs and I'm like, I just... I just want to do this coaster. Um, as I mentioned, it's in Carowinds, North Carolina. I think it's the fourth tallest. That sounds about fourth, right. Fifth, somewhere, somewhere, somewhere around there. And it's just one, one of those coasters. Like I think a lot of ones in this list are. It's one of those coasters I look at and I'm like, I need to be on it. I need to go there and I need to do it. And and yeah, obviously another P and M, like I said, a bit of a theme going on. What I was thinking when I saw that coaster is, imagine dropping three and a half hundred feet almost vertical with a lap bar exactly um we we love a lap bar we well, imagine, <laughs> we love a good lap bar um i'd imagine a lot of you do a lap bar is always better always the preferred restraint and having a lap bar on that scale of a ride it's it's just incredible next level it, yeah it's just on another level um for my number seven uh is in sweden and i know what a lot of you would be thinking expecting that it's wildfire at colmarden it's not. It's uh, Lissyberg in Gothenburg, and it is Helix, which is a Mac Mega Coaster, same model and make as uh, my beloved Icon, except this one is on a ridiculous scale. It's got um, obviously two launch, the same as Icon, except the inversions are second to none. Um, it's all built on a hillside, and um, you kind of just meander in and about the hill, um, going through all of these crazy manoeuvres uh airtime hills inversions i mean it's got seven inversions compared to icons one um i'm not saying at all that inversions make a ride they definitely don't like like there is no debate about it i would rather have 10 massive airtime moments than five good inversions you know but yeah, I mean, seven inversions on a Mac Mega Coaster combined with all of the airtime that's already on there. It's got two corkscrews, a pretzel knot, a top hat, a zero G roll, a Norwegian loop. I mean, how many coasters out there have a Norwegian loop? That's insane. So, yeah, definitely on my on my top 10 list. And it sits at number seven for Helix. Good choice. Moving on to number six, then for me, second entry from Fantasialand over in Germany. It is Fly. Compared to those, a very recent coaster opened in 2020. It is a Vacoma-launched flying coaster. Yes. The only flying coaster we've done is Galactica. Yeah. At Alton Towers. And it's a top five coaster for me. And Dan hears me going about this all the time. But a flying coaster is just a different experience. And that section on Galactica where you're upside down, it's just a whole other experience. So it's no surprise there's a flying coaster on my list. Yeah. And it's no surprise it comes from Fantasialand because of the heavy theming. I remember looking at POVs of this, taking you through the queue line. Every little detail, every little detail they've crammed into it. You, it's like it's something that you just cannot fault in terms of theming. I've lost my words. I've lost my words. Like the thing is with Fly um, and also Black Mamba is what Fantasia Land love to do. I don't know if you were aware of this, but Fantasia Land is a very small park. Yeah, it's yeah. um, it's tiny. It's um, in the middle of Cologne. It's uh, really, really small, and there's not a lot of land to work with. So with their on-site hotels, they tend to wrap these coasters around, around the, the, ho yeah, the around hotels, hotels yeah. which, 
imagine just waking up, getting ready for a day on park and looking out your window and seeing it's fly. It's coaster going past you. Amazing. So, yeah... The fly is actually wrapped around Hotel Charles Lindbergh, which is themed to uh, the exploration of flight setting, like fittingly, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, fly, fly is a fantastically themed coaster with some great elements. You know, I've still never seen a POV of it. You've never seen one? No. If you watch, um, this goes to any of you, if you watch Theme Park Worldwide, when uh, one of their vlogs, I think it's fairly recent, Yeah. they went there. And that's the one I'm talking. That was what I was talking about. They take you through the queue line. There's no POV on there. Yeah. But watch that one, then watch POV where he takes you through the queue line. I'm pretty sure Just every detail. I'm pretty sure there aren't any POVs of it. I'm pretty well, them, sure them, Fantasia Land haven't allowed any. It's different with every park, obviously. <laughs> but no, that that video, you look look at um look at that video, and just pay attention to all the bits of detail. Everything in there, and like the windows you go past, and you can look out across the whole ride. Yeah. It's just little things like that. Yeah, they are really important, to be fair. Um, in my sixth place is actually a coaster that I've wanted to go on since I was 11 years old in 2012 when it was built. And to me, it was a silver glistening tower of fear. And I was absolutely terrified of it. And um, I said to myself, since I was 11 years old, that I would go on this coaster. And in 2022, I am going on this coaster of course, it is Shambhala at Porta Ventura, my first ever B&M hypercoaster. I'm absolutely, if you can't tell from the tone of my voice, I am so excited for this coaster. Um, I want to thank my mum, actually. I know this is a bit weird, yeah, but my mum is taking us on a massive family holiday and we're going to Porta Ventura whilst we're there. And this is like a really big opportunity for me and my journey as a coaster enthusiast. So I know my mum listens. Thank you very much. Yeah, but I, re yeah, I really hope you enjoy that. Thank you. But yeah, Shambhala, wow. I mean, it, it's regarded by many as the best B&M hypercoaster. By many. Um, the only one that I think has come close in terms of the reviews is Mako at SeaWorld Orlando. And I did actually recently watch a video from Co uh, Coaster coaster studios doing like a comparison and um yeah shambhala just takes the it takes the top spot for most people and it's something that i am expecting to come out of with a number one coaster yeah i'm i gotta be honest i'm very jealous of that that one is on my list we'll come to that but i am very jealous of that one <laughs> um sh yeah shammy b shammy b they uh <laughs> it's it, it's just a ridiculous coaster similar to fury 325 with the restraints and the b&m hyper style coaster it's got some huge camelback airtime hills a ridiculous kind of 360 turnaround at the end of the ride uh, it's got a splash down and apparently loads of pockets of good airtime with uh with speed hills and everything in between and it's all themed to China and it's next to Dragon Khan and it's meant to be like the Himalayan mountains and it's just such an awesome theme, such a great colour scheme, something that I've wanted to do for now a decade um, and, you know, something that I am, if you can't tell already, <laughs> overjoyed to be <laughs> getting on. Cool, um, but yeah, I won't talk about it too much because I could go on for hours about Shambhala. But yeah, that's number six. So the top five. Yeah, moving into the top five. For me, it is... The current tallest coaster in the world it is, of course, King Dakar, the Intamin Accelerator at Six Flags Great Adventure in New Jersey. Now, it being the tallest is the main reason I want to go on yep. this ride. And a lot of this relates to stealth at okay. Thorpe Park. Yep. Obviously, it's pretty much the, the same, same layout. The same layout. Yeah. It, is, it is stealth on steroids. Except when you go down, it has that sort of... It has, yeah, it has a sort of like... Spiral. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it is essentially stealth or steroids, and I do love stealth. It's not. It's not like a high ranking coaster for me, mainly because there's not much to it. Yeah. But the launch and then the top part, it is something that I really do love. Um, opening two thousand five. It's getting on a bit. It's getting quite well, old. One year older than stealth. Yeah. There we go then. Um, it opened as the fastest. It's not anymore, obviously, but it does remain the tallest, and it is for that reason I want to go on it. The acceleration on it is mental. Yeah. 128 miles an hour in three and a half seconds. Compared to stealth, obviously a whole lot faster. Acceleration obviously takes a bit more time. But it's just something that I've wanted to go on when I was researching like all the stuff. Like when I like when Dan introduced me to all this stuff, like it's like one of those burning questions. It's like, oh, what is the tallest? What is the fastest? Obviously, King Dakar comes up not as the fastest, as the tallest. And I'm like, I have to do it. I really want to do it. And I really hope we can get out there at some point. 
it is one of those coasters that I've always looked at and thought, even watching it on video, like, I don't know if or, some of you listening will be enthusiasts. Some of you listening will have been the 10 year old kid who was going to Alton Towers in the morning and was nervous and was watching loads of YouTube yeah. videos. And I, I was that kid. And back then when I was 10 years old, I, I would watch these videos and I'd get really nervous and I'd, I'd be on in the car on the way there and I'd get butterflies and I'd be in the queue for the ride. And that doesn't happen anymore. No. King Dakar would give me that. King, yeah, it, uh, yeah, it would. Even after all the coasters I've done, King Dakar is one of those coasters that I would look at and be like, whew, I'm actually quite nervous. Yeah, and relating back to Stealth as well, if you watch a video or even see a photo of Stealth and look at how tall it is, looking at the video in the photo, you're like, it really doesn't do it justice to when you stood there and you yeah. stood at the bottom of the top hat as close as you can need to look up. It really doesn't do it justice. So to see that, yeah, but on the scale of King Dakar, yeah. it's, it's something I'm really intrigued about. That is mad, actually. I've never thought about it like that. Yeah, because the photos and videos of stealth don't give it justice. No, they, they don't you're, make it look as tall as it is. You're stood underneath stealth and you're like, wow, that's a lot bigger than I thought it was. But you look at photos of King Dakar and you're like, whoa. Yeah, and there's quite, there's a big difference in the height. I mean, what's, what's stealth? 205 feet. 205 and King Dakar's so up it's about around... 200, 250 feet taller. Yeah, over 400 foot tall. There's a, there's a big difference, so... For me to be able to like, at some point go and see that yeah. and then think, oh, I'm going on this. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's going to reignite that sort of like, the nervousness in me when I first went on like the Smiler or something. I'll put it this way, like, I I was looking at, obviously with I mentioned going to Port Ave next year, I was looking at Red Force, which is 112 miles an hour and uh, uh, 380 feet tall or something like that. It's about seventy feet tall, uh, shorter than uh, King Dakar, and I am nervous for that. So, whack another seventy feet on top. If if and when we ever do King Dakar in New Jersey and we go out to America, I will be cacking myself. Yeah, <laughs> and um, something else that I really want from that ride if I do on it, it's a rollback. Oh yeah, <laughs> a rollback. Like we bought one on stealth, but to be able to do it on like uh, a coaster of four hundred foot tall, that we just would be even better. Yeah, definitely, that would be mad. Um, but yeah, amazing choice. My number five is coming from Belgium uh, and a very new coaster in Conda, or Conda, however you say it. Um, it is a coaster that opened, I believe it was 2000, it was this year, it was it was May, it was 2021. And um, yeah, it's an Intamin mega coaster, one of the more modern versions of the Intamin mega coaster. Uh, it's about 170 feet tall, give or take. Uh, it's 70 miles an hour. And if you've ever seen if you've ever seen like the the videos of it it looks crazy it's basically like an rmc hybrid but with a, with a completely steel track and support um it's got like a, a you know a quick lift hill um like a almost vertical drop uh you've got some crazy airtime speed hills banked airtime hills you've got a non-inverting cobra roll like what's that all about <laughs> a non-inverting cobra roll there's just some you know when you think of like modern coasters you think of like these crazy elements that don't look as though they should work. They like the outward banks and like the non-inverting inversions and things like that. Things that aren't particularly common in coasters across the board, but they're just so wacky and there's things I really want to try out. It's a whole new sort of style. Yeah, because I've never I've I've never really been on a coaster with these crazy sort of the only coaster that comes close with these modern transitions and the sort of outward banks and stuff is probably Icon. Yeah, that's that's the only that's the only thing I can think of in the UK at least, until Exodus comes out. Yes, obviously. Um, but yeah, Conda looks great. I think Conda's one of those rides. I I can't, I can't go into too much depth about it because I genuinely don't know how all these things would feel. But that's why it's my, my number five. The reason it's my number five is because there's so many transitions that I wouldn't necessarily know what to expect, and that's something that really excites me. Yeah, excellent choice again. Uh, moving on to number four then. Dan's already had this one come by. Talked a lot about it. It's Shambhala. Yep. The B&M Hyper at Fort Aventura in Spain. As Dan already said, it was in 2012. And as I've already mentioned further back, I've always wanted to do a B&M Hyper. And this one I was shown, I know you've probably shown me at some point. Yeah. But I think I was first shown by someone I worked with in my last job. He was a bit of a coach enthusiast, but he goes all around the world and does it. And he showed me his sneaky little recording that he got and he was just showing me all around it and I was like this is just again it's just something like 
I need to go and do it. I'll have to go and do it. Was this before or after you sort of got got on the sort? Oh no, this this was after. This is when we sort of like started talking about it, and he showed me. He showed me a load. I was like, I really want to do this, and I'll link. Uh, I want to link it back to like what I said about uh, Black Mamba. The small little elements that yeah. really add to a coaster, and that splashdown element. Yeah. Obviously, it's not the only coaster in the world with that. No, of course not. And obviously, it doesn't actually touch the water. It's got the little uh, fountains, fountains and things at yeah. the side. But just something like that. It's like just that tiny detail that just adds just adds to it a lot more. Yeah. And it's just something that I really want to go out and do. It, it's something that doesn't necessarily need to be there, but it's there because it's there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a really good way to describe it. It doesn't need to be there, but the fact it's there... Makes it that Makes extra it just bit. that bit better, yeah. Um, yeah, is there anything else you want to say about it? I just, just want to get on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's about it, really. Um, my number four is over in Poland, which is a country that, funnily enough, I have been to and I wasn't too far away from this particular park when I went there. But it's Energylandia. Um, and you might be thinking I'm talking about Hyperion. I'm not. I'm talking about Zadra, their RMC uh, hybrid coaster. And good God, like, it doesn't look like an airtime machine. It looks like... It looks like an intense speed machine yeah it's all about like if you've actually seen it it's just it's it's crazy it's just incredibly fast it's just constant positive g's and just getting it gives me like a really really tall nemesis vibe not like just not out of the sort of um dugouts in the ground but more to do with the intensity of the positive g's and the being forced into your seat and things like that but yeah i I just Zadra looks amazing. The theme looks cool as well. It's kind of themed to like a um medieval sort of town, which which is a yeah. I mean, it's a great theme and it's a really good idea. Um, but yeah, Zadra's just one of those coasters I really want to get out to. Um, so many good elements on Zadra that I'd really like to experience as well. Similar to Conda in that respect. Yeah, right. Moving into the top three, and I'm just having a look at Dan's list over here. Our top three are actually the, the same. same the same coasters, not in the same order, but they are the exact same coasters. Uh, my number three is Steel Vengeance, second entry from Cedar Point, and it's an RMC, which obviously Dan's very excited about. I love RMCs, even though I've never been on one. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> um, now, the things that intrigue me about this one is um, it's the drop, the 90 degree, 200 foot drop. It's obviously a bit of a big one. Um, and the half stall. We've never gone through a half stall. Yeah, that and is. And honestly, I'll, I'll be honest, I am a bit unsure about how they work. But like looking at POVs of it, videos <laughs> of it, I'm like, what? It's just like something that I really want to do. And the way it's been constructed, where like a certain elements, you're going through the entire structure, like you're being swallowed by the whole structure. Yeah. Where the coaster sort of goes through itself, it be- like it becomes itself, if yeah. that makes any sense. That That's another one of those like small elements that just really intrigues me. And it also is just such a long ride. Like I don't, I keep saying this. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's it's true. Like it is, yeah. The, the way that um, the way that Steel Vengeance works. Obviously, it goes around the general layout of Mean Streak, which was the coaster that was there before it was RMC, and it kind of goes. Have you ever heard of an out and back coaster? I I think I've heard of it, but what it is? Don't okay, so Shambhala is an out and back coaster. So right, it basically okay. goes all the way out. And then it turns around and then comes back to the station. Yeah. And that's a typical sort of theme for hyper coasters, old wooden coasters, that sort of thing. Now, this is like a out and back and out and back and out and back. It just keeps going back and forward on itself. But because in the parts where you're kind of in the structure and the turns that you go through, you don't realise that you've turned 90 degree, uh, 90, 180 degrees back on yourself. So you kind of emerge out of the structure and you see the drop in front of you and you're like, wait, I've, I don't know which way I'm facing yeah. now. So yeah, Steel Vengeance looks great. I'll go into more depth when I talk about it. But um, yeah, third place, I've actually uh, said that Taron, uh, Fantasyland is my third place. Um, probably the best themed coaster in the world. Fully agree with you. Um, Klugheim, the area in which it lives, looks mental. It looks insane. It looks like straight out of Skyrim. Like yeah. it, it looks yeah. amazing. Um, obviously, being an Intamin launch blitz coaster, I think the word blitz sums it up really well. Um, sort of quick, snappy turns and yeah, and yeah, sort of drops it, yeah. and things like that. Similar to Icon. Yeah, those really quick turns. 
Yeah, and obviously how it like merges with the family boomerang coaster rake. Uh, there's just so much sort of opportunity for interaction with people watching as well. Um, another thing is I love the waterfalls that fall yep. down the side of the rocks. Um, that just looks amazing. I think, although Taran looks like a really excellent and kind of intense airtime filled twisty ride, I think the main draw for me is the theming. It, just it is, looks... exactly. I'll join in with you on this because this is my next one. This is my number two. Again, it is the theming. It's like my third one from Fantasyland. It is the theming that really does it for me. Yeah. Like the canyon it sits in, like you said, the waterfalls, the rocks. It sort of, it looks to me like, I'd imagine it would be the same when you're on it. It's like the ride itself is its own park yeah. sort of thing. Because like everything else just sort of shut off and you're in this different sort of world. And it's purely just the theming that's sort of made that, yeah. that's given that appearance. Um, like you said, the Klugheim area and all of that stuff. And the near misses you get that come with that theming. Near misses are an element that I do quite enjoy. Yeah. I do quite enjoy those. Like, I got swarm when you go through the billboard. That, 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 I find that crazy because obviously being an enthusiast, I know all about, um, I know all about like uh, near misses and kind of like things like that. How they work, that you're not going to get your hand chopped off by the theming element. I, I get all of that. But things like swarm and tyrant and things like that, it, it it gets me every time that like, I always have my hands up and I put them back down when I go through the. Uh, well, as it should. Yeah, that's as it should. I do that on the Wicker Man actually. The Wicker Man. I do it on Wicker Man when you're going through the statue. Like the three times you go through, I lock my hands up. And I'm like, oh, better take them down. <laughs> even though I know like you're not gonna get hit, and that's exactly like what they're supposed to do. That's why I love them because it. Even like like you said, even though you know about it, even though you know it's perfectly safe, you're not gonna get hit. You still have that feeling like I'm gonna get hit. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it's just such a good element that like it can be overlooked so easily because everyone's like, oh, inversions, yeah. airtime. What about the near misses? Yeah, it's something that I just really want to do, and I've, yeah. I've told you about, I've gone on about Tyron quite a lot. Yeah, I think Tyron is although it's number two on your list. I think Tyron is the one that you talk about the most. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, my number two is another new one, and it lives in. Uh, it lives in Universal Islands of Adventure. I can probably know that you guys have guessed what it is. It's a Velocicoaster, the absolutely ridiculously themed IP ride to Jurassic World. Um, and yeah, <laughs> I'm just sorry. I'm just looking at a picture of it now. It just looks. It looks incredible. It looks amazing. So yeah, it opened in June officially this year. So it's not even six months. Well. Is it six months? Yeah, six months old. Yeah, six months just gone. Six months old. It's another Intamin Blitz coaster like Taran. Uh, slightly different track design. It's not got that sort of truss design, but yeah, it's not too dissimilar. 155 feet. It's not a small I think ride. That's the top height element, isn't it? Yeah. That is huge. Yeah, 155 feet. If you put that into comparison, the Swarm, which is a big ride, is 127. And that is just the top height, isn't it? Yeah. Bear in mind. This is a whole coaster, not just that top part. So to have that height in there on that one element is just astounding. Amazing. And obviously it goes 70 miles an hour, four inversions, which, you know, is a nice amount, especially for a blitz. It's not too much and it's not too little. Exactly. And it looks as though the, the, the inversions that they've got pack a punch. I mean, if you if you actually have a look at the ride, there the, towards the end, there's a heartline roll um, yep. just over the water. They've dubbed it the Mosasaurus roll. And if, yeah. if you know about Jurassic World, the Mosasaurus is like the huge shark, crocodile kind of looking dinosaur that leaps out of the water. Um, and that is just so fitting, having, having yeah, no, the heartline, like the speedy heartline roll over the water. Um, everything about it looks great. The drop into the Velociraptor cage and the Velociraptors inside. It just looks like a perfect coaster. Yeah, no, I agree with you. This is my number one. Now, obviously, we've got to the number one spot. This is my number one coaster. Fairly recent. And I go back to that Heartline roll. I was looking at a lot of reviews for a lot of these rides. And, like, 80, 90% of these views, reviews are just praising that Heartline roll at the end. 53 miles per hour it takes that Heartline roll. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a fast one. But, yeah, a lot of the reviews are just praising that um, Heartline roll at the end. And I, I can't see this review without desperately wanting to go on it I, like i need to see if you're lying basically i need to experience it myself and again i just agree with everything dan says it just looks perfect yeah and i think something really like amazing about it is 
do you know the heartland rolls, the double heartland roll at the end of the smiler? Yeah. You're probably taking that at about 30 mile an hour. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more, 35. You're going at an extra 20 mile an hour over water through this. And obviously it's not as jolty. It's a brand new Intamin it's ride. It's going to be a bit smooth, yeah. Smooth, fast, over water. It just, yeah. The it's mo- got everything. <laughs> it's most, just got everything. The Mosasaurus roll. But yeah. Yeah, really excited to get out and do that one. And then coming to a close, uh, my final coaster and my number one bucket list coaster is obviously the probably the most popular co- in fact coaster bot did a poll about the best coaster and this has been the best coaster for the last two years and it's been the best of the golden ticket awards for a while steel vengeance uh nathan, the rmc yeah nathan's third favorite well third uh bucket list, coaster. bucket list coaster sorry i lost the word there um but yeah a rocky mountain construction uh design 200 feet drop it's like nearly 6,000 feet long that's like a that's like a, that's a, that's a long coaster long yeah. coaster like really long um 74 miles an hour four inversions the most airtime on any coaster it's it's apparently it's got like a ridiculous amount of sustained airtime um it was the world's tallest hybrid coaster it's the world's fastest hybrid coaster it's the world's steepest drop on a hybrid coaster the world's longest drop on a hybrid coaster the, everything. the most inversions on a hybrid coaster, the most airtime, right, this bit genuinely shocks me. The combined amount of time that you are out of your seat in terms of airtime on this ride is 27.2 seconds. You're out of your seat for 27.2 seconds. See, that doesn't sound like that much. But when you when you think like going over a single airtime hill, like, like on Wicker Man, if you go over an airtime hill, it's... No more than two seconds, right? You see, not even that. Yeah, not even that. So even though was it twenty seven seconds, doesn't sound like a lot when you compare it to a single airtime hill on a smaller coaster. It is a lot. It is a very large amount of time. If you really think about it, we were blown away by the airtime on Icon. Yeah. And let's think about it realistically. You probably get about. You probably get about ten seconds of airtime on that. It's almost triple. It is a lot. Almost triple the amount of airtime. It is a lot. Craziness. Absolute craziness. Cedar Point, Fantasia Land. Probably top two parks we want to get to. Universal and all of the other ones in between. We would love to get out to these parks and hopefully, with the help of you guys, with the support of Coaster Pal, the Instagram, the podcast, and also something special that we're going to be announcing later um we will be able to get to these parks and we'll be able to experience them and tell you guys what we really thought x amount of years on from this bucket list that we have created so thank you for listening to this segment i just want to add as well oh, yeah, before you have fallen off on what dan said if any of you have been on these rides that we've mentioned in our list let us know yeah. let us know what you think about them but that's it really yeah no <laughs> like, we, we want to know we want we want we want the feedback from all of you because someone could turn around and they could say oh, i went on steel vengeance it wasn't all that <laughs> but then another person could turn around and say it's my all-time favorite it's a lot of people's all-time favorite it is, yeah it's, i came across that it's a lot of people but yeah anything you guys think if you've been on them or even if you're like us and it's something you want to go on yeah let us know let us know but yeah thank you for listening to this segment gonna play a little bit of an interlude and then we'll be saying goodbye for episode number three Right, so that just about wraps it up for episode three of the podcast. Yes, it does. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it, obviously. We we enjoy talking about our bucket list. Yeah, we, we love doing these podcasts, guys, and honestly, with you guys listening as well, I have had numerous people tell me that they're really enjoying the podcast. We've had some great shares, and yeah, we're really enjoying it. And keep so, all that going. Yeah, keep it please all going. do. Uh, <laughs> please do. We'll, we'll share the hell out of it. Go over to our Instagram uh at Coaster Pal, it's where it all began. Um, we've got some good stuff coming up. Obviously, with the off-season, it's going to be a little bit more difficult, and we've said this in previous episodes. We're not going to be able to get out to many parks in the next couple of months, with the UK parks being shut and the inability for us to get out to Europe, where there are parks open. Um, but we will endeavour to get to the parks as soon as possible, whether that be February or March, Blackpool Pleasure Beach or Merlin Parks. We will get out to them. We will keep you updated. We will give you our thoughts on our trips and everything can be found here at the Coast of Pal podcast or 
on our Instagram at Close to Pearl. And the final bit? We do have some small announcement. We are going to be releasing, whether it's, it will probably be February or March time by the time it's finished, but we are going to be releasing the Close to Pearl YouTube channel just so that we can have a little bit more interaction with you guys. We can have more visuals. Obviously, with now it's just photographs and, and a podcast. Now you'll have videos. And included with that, we will do everything. The trips we go on, we'll do little commentaries. Probably not vlogs. I don't think me and Nathan are the, the, the type to no, do vlogs. Not um, we, we're not we're Both of us are a little bit camera shy. But we're happy to do sort of commentary videos, reviews of our trips, reviews of rides themselves, um, and also keeping you updated with all of the things that we get on with. And a little bit of a secret information, our first video up on the Coast of Power YouTube channel is going to be a in-depth documentary about the history of Alton Towers, um, majorly, majorly inspired by uh, Tales from the Towers, a fantastic book uh, that I will be talking about more in depth at the end of the documentary but yeah we'll talk about everything to do with our favorite park in the uk and hopefully you guys can come along for the ride and enjoy it with us so without further ado i've been dan he has been dan and i've been nathan and, we <laughs> and that wraps it up yeah bid you farewell until next time tune in for episode four go to at coast Pal on instagram and check out the new youtube channel see you later guys We'll